Um, well, hey, good morning. Um, so happy to be in this place with you today. If you don't know me, this might seem a little, or if you've never been to church, this might seem a little weird to you. Um, but welcome to church. We, am I echoing again? Okay, 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 just making sure. I got to hold the mic like way down here. Okay, that's fine. It's more comfortable for me. Um, but hey, uh, my name is Francis. If you don't know me, I'm the youth pastor here. I oversee the middle school and high school students of our church. If you're in middle school and high school, can you just give a big sheesh for me? Oh, there they are. They're here somewhere. They're somewhere here. So hey, I love you guys more than I love the adults. Just know that. <laughs> um, but hey, just so glad um, that you could be here today and welcome everybody watching online. My family's watching all the way from Madison, Alabama. So I love you guys. Um, so thankful for technology that we could, uh, you know, we could gather virtually, in person, and all that. Um, but I just want to start today by saying, oh, well, yeah, Pastor Josh is not here today, obviously. Um, he just got back from vacation. Uh, I was house-sitting their, their house. Um, uh, they have a beautiful dog. Like, this is a, this is a beautiful family. I love Pastor Josh. And can we just thank Pastor Josh real quick for just paving the way for young people? Yeah, yeah, let's just thank him. Thank you, Pastor Josh. If you're watching online, we love you. Um, but I love your dog more than I love the rest of your family because their dog, Keiko, let me tell you, Oh, she's, she's precious. She's beautiful. I love Keiko so much. She's like this big wolf. I don't know. Just a huge wolf. Like, if she was vicious, she could definitely eat me. But um, she's not. She's sweet. So, Keiko, if you're watching online, I love you, baby. It's like, oh, whoa, whoa. You want bellies, Keiko? Like, <laughs> she's, like, watching on the screen. Um, well, I just want to say, if you've never been to church before, if you've never been to um, our church, uh, we're just so glad that you're here. Uh, Sunday is a celebration, you know. Maybe you've been in this thing for 60 plus years. Uh, maybe this is your first time in church. Whatever it is, we're family. The second that you got here, you're my brother, you're my sister. I love you, we love you. So um, just thank you for being here. And um, I think it's always good today to just review, like, why we do what we do. For example, um, let me, I don't know if anybody's familiar with church history, but um, I know some of the students, you've heard this a billion times, I've preached this so many times to students, but church history, the reason why we do it, but some of us, this has become routine, right? Sunday has become routine. We just come on Sunday, we do the thing, you know, we sing up here, we serve, whatever, and like, it's just, it's our routine, right? And, you know, how many of you know that routine can slowly, if we're not careful, become religion. If you don't know what religion is, religion is, let me do X, Y, and Z so that God loves me. That's not what we're about. If, you, if, you've, if that's what you've ever heard today, if that's what you've, the message you've been ingrained in your mind, or if you've, you, this is your first time in church and this is the first message you've ever heard, or you've only heard, you've only heard fire and brimstone, let me tell you, you don't have to earn God's love. That's not a God worthy of your worship if you have to earn it. He came down on this cross right here and put nails in his wrist and died a death so that you and I could have life. We'll talk more about that. But I just want you to know that you don't earn your way to God. God came down to us to have a relationship with us. Anyways, so some of you may be familiar with the setting. Some of you may not. Um, but it's good to recap. So I just think of the early church and the reason why we do Sunday and we, we gather like this is because the early church believed so deeply, and I believe we do too as a church, in the message of Jesus. 
They believe so deeply that it could actually change lives. It could actually alter the way that you think, the way that you feel about certain topics or issues, and it definitely changes the way that we view people and we view God. And so they believed so much in this message. Let me tell you how much they believed in it. They believed so much in this message that, by the way, we're so blessed in our, in our country, in, our, in, our, in the United States right now, to be doing this. Because um, in China, they have to have an underground church. I don't know if you know this, but, but, but they need to have an underground church just so that they can meet. And if they get caught doing church, they get arrested. In other countries, it's that way too. In other countries... They don't, they've been on lockdown because of COVID for almost two years now. It's crazy, right? But we're blessed that we get to do this. We get to have this. And so the early church had it way worse than any of us, though. Because the early church, this is what they would do. They, they, they would hear the message of Jesus, and they would be like, oh, my goodness, this is unbelievable. I have eternal life in Christ. I have security in Christ. I have, what? This is, I, thought, I thought I had to do 613 laws. If you don't know, the Jewish law was 613 laws um, that you had to abide by so that you could remain clean. Impossible, right? And so they hear this message that this man dies on the cross, raises three days, is dead, buried, raises three days later. And if you believe and if you trust in that, you have eternal life. I'm going to tell everybody, right? That's so good. And so they started telling people, and this is the early church experience. This is what they experienced. They would go out and they would have house churches. And the Roman soldiers, if they figured out that they were doing house churches or if they were preaching the gospel in public, they would get the Christians and they would throw them in a stadium. And they would fill the stadium like like the Staples Center. Lakers fans, I love you. Russell Westbrook, let's go. If you, if you care, I don't know if you care, but I love the Lakers. Anyways, they would throw them in, this, in, in, this, in the arena, like the Staples Center, right? And they would fill the arena. They would throw the Christians in the arena, and they would have a pillar right here. They have a pillar right here. And then they would get chains. Same thing over here. Chain them. Chain the Christians. And they, the Christians would be like, they would tell the Christian, denounce God and we'll let you go. And they were like, no, I believe in Jesus. He is God. He saved me. And they said, okay, the deed is done. And they'd let lions, they'd let animals out to eat. the. I know this sounds graphic. I'm sorry. They would get let animals out to eat. The Christians, and they would, they, I would literally read this in church history. They'd be getting eaten alive, and the Christians, the other Christians to the other Christians, like, I love you, brother. Thank you. I'll see you in heaven. So I don't think we have the right to come in here today with a religious mindset. Excuse me if I'm being blunt today, but I don't think we have the right to come in here and, and, and just waltz our way and not give praise and honor to the God who died for our sins because we get to worship freely. That's what the early church did. So what this is, if you're confused, this is a gathering, a celebration of the one who died on the cross for us, who we believe is alive. This is a celebration. And this is a family meeting. This is a family meeting to talk about God. Anyways, 
that was my intro. Good morning. <laughs> um, hey, some of my best friends in the whole wide world are here. So can we give them a big welcome for being here? I love you guys so much. Um, yeah, some of the best people right here that have helped shape my faith. So love you guys. Um, have you ever, so just get to, just to remember things, right? Just get to remember things, why we do what we do. Have you ever, ever been in a situation where, like, or an argument or some sort of situation where you knew you were right and the other person was so wrong? You ever been in that? Yeah, yeah. Just by show of hands, have you ever been in that kind of situation? Yes. Yeah, we're like, you're just talking and talking. And they're like, I mean, they're talking and talking, and you're like, dude, you are so wrong. Like, no. This happened to me once. This happened to me once. Um, I was at church camp um, a couple years back, and, you know, I, I went to Bible college. I'm, I'm not saying, I do have a degree. I do have, I'm not, I'm not flexing. I'm not, <laughs> I finished college. I'm not flexing. But I did take two years of Greek, which, if you don't know, the New Testament um, the, 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 the newer half of the Bible was written in, in Greek, not English. It was written in Greek. And so I, I studied a little bit of Greek. And so there's this guy who, um, during church camp, he was an older gentleman. Uh, he was, well, not older. He was probably 20. Um, older than the kid. Older than the kids is what I mean. And he was sitting on, he was sitting on some steps like this. He was sitting on some steps. Um, it's like, none of you are over 20, right? I, you could tell I talk to, like, I talk to middle school students all day. It's like, all right. So he was sitting on the steps like this, right, um, at church camp. And um, he had right here on the outside of his arm, right here, he had, he had this written. Can you put that on the screen, Adrian? Right there, in the blue. That reads, me genoita. Me genoita. Paul uses this phrase. It means, by no means. He uses it when he says, shall we sin more that grace may abound more? By no means. Meaning like, no, no, that, no way, right? So he had this tattooed on him in the blue, Meganoita. And so me being a Bible student, oh, this is another fellow Christian. Like, hey, man, um, dude, oh, that's a really cool tattoo, dude. Meganoita. And he goes, he looks at me with this face. Huh? I'm like, on your arm, it says Meganoita, right? It's, it's the blue lettering in there. Meganoita, and he goes, bro, you're pronouncing it wrong. I was like, oh, 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 you, oh can, can you explain? I was like, okay, let me put my pride aside. So um, how, how do you pronounce it? That's what I do. I ask him, how do you pronounce it? And he goes, Unievoito, bro. I was like, hold on, because look, look, he's right. If, he, if, if these were English letters, he's completely right, because that's a U, that's an N, that's a Y, that's an E, that's a V, that's an O, that's an I, that's a T, that's an O. Univoito, bro. And I was like, because that's not how you say those letters in Greek, but I was like, I'm, I know I'm right. I know I'm right. And I was like, oh, Okay. Well, but that, that's a great tattoo, man. Great tattoo. And he goes, yeah, bro. Thanks, man. And I was like, well, let me go buy a Gatorade now. Later. <laughs> but that was a situation where that dude, I'm just going to be straight, straight up. He had it all wrong. He had it all wrong. 
Like, wrong, wrong. Right? Oh, she, the baby even knows it was wrong. Baby even knows. See, oh, wow. See, she's, oh my goodness. She, she had it all wrong. I want us as Christians today to, to ask ourselves the question, just, just, can we just have a family meeting? Do we have it wrong sometimes? Can, can we be wrong? Can, can we accept other people's opinions? Maybe not, not take it as truth. Don't get me wrong. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. I believe that 100%. But I'm asking the question today, can we be wrong? Can we be wrong about our practices sometimes? Can, can we be wrong about our thoughts of other people who don't yet believe in God? Or maybe even who do believe in God, because trust me, there's a lot of denominations that just rip each other apart. And we're Christians. We're all under the umbrella of God, and we just rip each other apart. We... So I'm asking my brothers and my sisters in this family meeting that we're having, can we be wrong? And if your answer is no, I want to boldly tell you today that Jesus is not looking so much for perfect people, perfect answers, because I'm going to tell you right now, you will not get all the answers to your question from my 20-minute message. You will not. He's not looking for the right answer. He's not looking for the right actions. He's, not look, he's looking for our hearts. He's looking for our hearts. And so we, we're going to go through this passage today um, where Jesus is, just before this, Shay last week preached an amazing message about um, the Bible and how we should dive more into his word and be more responsible with his word. And um, so one thing he brought up was this idea of context. We've got to have context with everything we do when we read the Bible. Because sometimes, if we're being honest, religion has hurt so many people. Religion, remember what religion is. Religion is, let me do X, Y, and Z. Let me pray 50 times a day. Let me read my Bible. If I don't read my Bible for 30 minutes a day, then I'm not a Christian anymore. Oh, my goodness. There was a time where tattoos and hats in church were, you're unsaved. You're not, you're not going to heaven. You, weren't, you have a hat on in church. And look at all, a lot of us got hat ons today. <laughs> the people who are hats are like, yeah. There was a time that's called religion. Religion is I have to do X, Y, and Z so that, so that, so that God can love me, so that I can go to church, so that I could be accepted, right? And so in, in our family meeting today, and it's just weird because like, wait, wait, shouldn't he be on the stage? No, no, I, we could sit down and we could have a conversation, right? We could have a conversation, about, hey, good morning. Um, we can have a conversation about what Jesus wants to do in our hearts. Let me explain. We're going to go to John chapter 10, if you have a Bible. John chapter 10, verse 1 through 10. John chapter 10, verse 1 through 10. Um, let me set up the context of what's going on. It'll be on the screen. Um, let me set up the context. So just before this, in John chapter 9, you can read it. Jesus has done many miracles up to this point. One of which, in John chapter 9, Jesus goes to this man and he goes, there's this blind man in the synagogue, the church, right? In the synagogue, and he goes, whoop, whoop. 
heals his eyes. He was blind. The man was blind. And Jesus just goes, shoop. Now he can see. He can see. Right? It, that's a miracle that a blind man can see. You know what the church leaders did in John chapter 9? They went up to the, guy, to the, the man's parents. So if I, I just did that to Tony, right? That's like if I went up to Tony's parents, Anthony's parents, and I said, <laughs> yeah, they go. Oh, they're out of town. Okay. Okay. They might be watching on the live stream. Anthony, um, it's like if I went up to Anthony's parents and I said, this is what the religious leaders did to the blind man's, the blind man's um, parents. They said, hey, did that guy really heal, heal your son? Did he really do that? Sinners can't do that. He's working on the Sabbath. He's doing this on the, he, did he really do that? And the parents, and it says this in parentheses, you can read it. The parents go, you could ask him. And in the parentheses, it says, because they were scared to be thrown out of the synagogue if they accepted Jesus was God. I wonder if we're so quick to cancel people because of different beliefs than us. I wonder if we're so quick to cancel people who aren't where our line of thinking is. Just a thought. And so they, don't, they can't even tell the religious leaders that, they, that their son just got healed. They're not, the religious leaders aren't even caring about how the man can see now. They're just like, you better not accept him as God. Otherwise, you're going to be thrown out. And so this leads us to John chapter 10. John chapter 10. Verse 1, please. There we go. Thank you. Jesus then says, that's the context, right? Um, Jesus says, truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, everybody say door. door. Amazing. Door, but climbs in by another way. Somebody say another way. By another way, that man is a thief and a robber. Swiper, no swiping. Um, but he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him, the gatekeeper opens. The sheep, op the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his, sheep, his own sheep by name and leads them out. Verse 4, please. When he has brought out all his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him. For they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow but they will flee from him. For they do not know the voice of strangers, this figure of speech Jesus used with them, but they didn't understand. So Jesus is speaking to his disciples and people after, after that whole situation at the synagogue. And so Jesus then goes to his, his disciples. He says, all right, you guys aren't understanding it. Let me tell you a different way. He says, truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door. Me, Jesus, I am. Jesus Christ, God in human flesh. Jesus is the door. I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers. All who came before me are thieves and robbers. You know who the thieves and robbers are? What was that? That was, see, this is a family meeting. We could shout out. False teachers, great. The religious leaders, okay, let's continue. But the sheep did not listen to the religious leaders. Verse nine, please. It says, Jesus then says twice, whatever Jesus repeats something, 
He's being serious. Like, he's like, I'm, I'm, I need you to eyes up, look at me. I am the door. I could imagine Jesus, just imagine for me for a moment, Jesus telling his disciples, like, hey, I need you guys to realize this. I know the people who, who were, were in, in, in the synagogue, the Pharisees, I know that they are trying to cancel the, the work that I'm doing. But I need you to know that it's not about the 613 laws. It's not about being perfect because I know you're not perfect. And I know that Francis isn't perfect. I know Tony ain't perfect. I know Kira ain't perfect. I know when they're not perfect. I know they're not going to be perfect. But I want you guys to realize something right now. Realize that this is Jesus talking to his disciples. Realize, realize, realize. I am the door. Not the 613 laws. Not the Ten Commandments. I am the door. If anyone enters by 613 law, if anyone enters by um, praying 40 times a day, if anyone enters by serving every single Sunday and not missing a day of church, if anyone enters, that's not what it says, my friends. It says, if anyone enters by me, he will, he might, no, he will be saved and will go in and out, double, single, animal style, grilled onion, <laughs> some of you got, in and out, it says in and out right there, it's in the scriptures, double, single, animal style, it's of the Lord, my friends, it's of, go to in and out after, they're open on Sunday, unlike Chick-fil-A, um, <laughs> Working on the Sabbath. See, it's religious. Go in and out and find pasture or peace. And then I'm going to call um, whoever is going to be. It's funny, the things we do in church, right? Because now someone's going to come up and play piano behind me and make me feel like, make me sound really spiritual as we close the service. It's so funny, the things we do. But family meeting. Um, the th and it says, if anyone enters by Jesus Christ, by Jesus, not by being perfect, not by having, not by being Republican or Democrat, dare I say, not by being for this or for that. It's not about that. Jesus is saying, if anyone enters by me, by me, by me. Oh, can you please put that scripture back up there? I, uh, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. Here, yeah, right there. Oh, what is going on? There, there we go. I got the scripture right here, but I want to read it with everybody. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved, have eternal life, and go in and out and find pasture. The thief, everybody say thief. thief. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. Who's the thief? The religious leaders. The people who follow a strict set of, and I'm not downplaying, hear me today. If you've tapped out because I'm, uh, you think I'm downplaying repentance, I'm uh, you, we better repent. We better turn away from that drug to God. We better turn away from hating our neighbor, back to loving our neighbor and loving God, love God and love our neighbor. 
We better, I'm not saying do not repent. I'm not saying don't pray. Praying is how we talk to God. I'm not saying don't read the Bible. But a lot of the times in church, we can be so, oh, if it's not this way, if it's not that way, if the carpet's not this color, oh, they move the flags. Both flags are on the same side now. Oh, but they used to be over, why is the cross over there? I'm, I'm just being, I, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to come at anybody. What I'm trying for, for, for me to see as well is what, what are we doing? What is this about? Is this about putting on a fun show? Because I'm not, I'm not a comedian. So I'm, not a, I'm not an inspirational speaker. I'm a deliverer of the word of God. That's not what I am. That's, this, this is not a band. This is a worship team to worship God. This is not systems and structures. We don't need that. We need the Savior. Jesus is saying, come to me all who are weary and heavy laden and I will give you rest not come to religion can we please put it back up there I'm still reading the scripture thank you Adrian I love you the thief the religious people the people who say I need to do this this and this and this so that God can love you so that you can go to church they're the ones who come to steal kill and destroy they're the ones who cause pain to the people who don't yet know God. Because how many of us, in, let's just be honest, we look at the world and we're like, oh, gosh, I can't believe. Why would they, why would he do that? Oh gosh, I can't believe he just made that decision. We have, we hold people to a standard that God does not even hold them to before they're saved. And I, I wanna be like, I just wanna be apologetic as well because I know I'm a young guy. I don't wanna stand up here and act like I know everything. But the one thing I do know is that Jesus says, if anyone enters by me, not by following a strict set of rules, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief, the religious minded, come only to steal, kill, and destroy. But I, Jesus, came that they may have life. Can everybody say life? Life and have it abundantly. So I want to end with this. I'm pull up some numbers here. Let me tell you this. 51% of Americans are not in church today. Whoa. If unchurched Americans were their own nation, this is, this, this is, on, this is from this, this website called Barna, barna.org. They have a lot of stats about um, evangelism, Christianity, all that. So you can look it up, barna.org. If unchurched Americans, people who weren't in church, were their own nation, they'd be the eighth largest on the earth. They'd be the eighth largest nation in the earth. Churchless Americans altogether is bigger than Canada, South Korea, Saudi Arabia, South Africa, and New Zealand combined. Only China, India, Brazil, Pakistan, Bangladesh, and the church-going half of the United States are larger than unchurched people. Why, you ask? Why? The number one reason 
amongst young adults, myself, people, you know, age 18 to 20, 20, whatever. This is their reason. The church is, this is not my words. This is from young people my age who are not in church. The church is irrelevant. The leaders are hypocritical. The leaders have experienced too much moral failure. That's it. That's why people, that's the biggest reason why people don't attend a community of believers like this. So, because that is the biggest reason, we would think, act better. Do better, church. That's not my message today. My message today is not, do better. What are you guys doing? I'm 24. I know everything I'm talking about. No, no, that's not my, that's not the message. The reason that people are shocked, uh, uh, the reason you and I are shocked, and we think that people are saying that about us, is because we don't take the time to self-analyze sometimes. And I'm not saying this about our church, I'm saying about the church, the big C church. We don't take time to realize, are we hurting people by saying what we say and doing what we do? I'm gonna stand here all day. I'll stand in my school. I'll stand in Starbucks. I don't go to Starbucks. I will stand in the coffee shop all day and say Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. But I'm also going to be sympathetic towards those who don't yet know him. So why is the world shocked at Christians' moral failure? Why? As if Christians don't, make mistakes, right? And then why are we shocked at the world for not acting like Christians as if they are supposed to be perfect? The answer is, is religion. It's because we expect people to be perfect when God is like, you are imperfect. That's why I died on this cross for you. And so do we really believe that Jesus is a person in our family meeting today? Do we believe that? Or do we believe that he's a principle to follow? My parents taught me this, so I'm just gonna do this. Or you know what? The church people, they look really cool. I'm just gonna go with that and whatever they say, I'm gonna do. Do, oh, oh, they told me I have to read the Bible three, and this, I don't think anybody has ever said this in this church, these are all examples. Oh, I have to read the Bible 30 minutes a day? to get saved. Oh, I have to pray this many times to get saved. No, no, no. Those are principles that hurt people. My question to you and I today is, where's the faith? That's what we went through at our youth camp. And I'm done. I'm sorry. I'm going a little long. Um, where's the faith? WTF. Where's the faith? Like, what? Whoa. That's in church. And if you're offended by this, number one, why do you know what those three letters mean in culture? Number two, number two, I want to read, I want I want us to change our mindset on what WTF means. WTF is not what you think it is. Every time you see that, you think, where's the faith? Where's the faith? Oh, is it in 613 laws? Is my faith in the Ten Commandments? Is my faith in the fact that I come to church every single Sunday and I don't miss a Sunday? Is my faith in the fact that, oh yeah, I've led 17 of my friends to Christ? Oh, is my faith in the fact that, 
I've done this, this, and this for the church. Oh, is my faith in the fact that I've tithed this much to the church? Or is my faith, what is faith? Faith is trust. Is my trust in Jesus or is it in my ability? That's the question I'm asking today. Because if when we do things on human ability, we hurt people because we're flawed people too. Don't forget that. You and I are flawed people who make mistakes. And so when the world is shocked that we're not perfect, we shouldn't look at them and be like, why aren't you perfect? That's religion. My brothers and my sisters, at our family meeting today, I just want us to remember that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And if you're feeling tired today, if you're feeling worn out, I want to just give you one more verse. Matthew eleven twenty eight, 28, the message version, the message uh, paraphrase, I like to say. Uh, if you could put that up there, Adrian. Um, next one, this one. Jesus says this. He says, are you tired? Are you worn out? burned out on religion Jesus says this come to me get away with me you'll recover your life I'll show you how to take a real rest walk with me and work with me watch how I do it learn the unforced rhythms of grace I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you keep company with me and you learn to live freely and lightly so my friends we're not talking about principles today we're talking about a person and his name is Jesus and he's here right now and so this leads us into our time of communion um, if you don't have a cup communion cup these weird plastic things they're right here and they're in the back and they're up front right here so what communion is is communion is we have this this cracker we have this cracker this we know this is a very ill tasting cracker in this packaging <laughs> Let's just be upfront. We have this cracker and it represents the body of Christ that was broken on the cross for our sins. And I can't help but to think that the body broken on the cross was not so that we could live perfectly. It was not so that, I mean, don't get me wrong, Prayer leads us to God. Repentance leads us to God. Bible reading leads us to God. But it wasn't so that we can, we will never make a mistake again. The body was broken on the cross because he knew we would make mistakes, aka sin, every single day. And the blood, the juice, which actually tastes pretty good. I think it's Welch's. Um, <laughs> if you're fasting on sugar, I'm sorry. Um, the blood was spewed out on the cross to cover our sins, to cover our mistakes, to cover our shortcomings. And there is life because Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He says, he said, um, all, well, sorry, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come that they may have life and life abundant. We have life through his blood, not through principles, not through, I have to earn God's love, but through a person who is real and who is present. His name is Jesus. So I'm gonna pray. And then I'm, you guys take two minutes to just reflect on 
you know, what, what God has said. I haven't said anything. This is the scriptures. Um, take two minutes to reflect, and then Shay will come up, and then we'll take this together. Father God, thank you so much for sending your son Jesus to die on that cross. We don't have everything perfect down here. We're pretty terrible if we're honest. We have sick, twisted minds if we're honest. But I thank you that you sent your son Jesus down to die a bloody death with 13 inch nails in his wrists. Not for show, but so that in his death, we may die too. And in his life, we may have new life. As the scripture says, you must be born again. So God, today I'm praying for those um, who have been hurt by religion. I pray that they would give you, they would um, come back and know that you are a loving father. You are so loving. And I pray for the people, especially myself, who have been religious, who have tried to earn your love, who have tried to, who have looked at people and judged people unrighteously. I'm talking about myself especially. I, I, I thank you that you've already forgiven us. And I pray that we would repent from our religion and turn to relationship with you. We love you. We thank you. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.